Welcome to the Extra Sauce Podcast. It's my fancy sauce. I want some fancy sauce. Yeah. I'm not done using it. With the czar of sauces, Greg Hill. Well, I see you're not calling in sick for the podcast. Apparently, that's only the regular show where you call in sick. Of late. Somebody has called in sick way more than me since the beginning of this year. Somebody has a lot of stored sick days. If you're if you're referring if you're referring to me, yes. Mr. Shu. So I, does I, somebody <laughs> over here? Why are we talking like this? It's uh, ridiculous. I'm glad. I'm glad you're feeling. Up, Thank you. Up for the podcast this week. Thanks it, to the uh, nuclear option, I like to call. The Z Pack. Oh yeah, the Z Pack. <laughs> yes. You know, if it weren't for those of you who abuse the Z Pack, there'd be no super gonorrhea. You know that, right? You right. Know, I mean, there's a, the whole entire population is is uh, has been branded with some kind of an STD, and it's because the uh, the the antibiotics don't work anymore. Greg, it's, society demands production, and yeah. if you don't show that's, up, that's, there that's, is no production. That's right. No so days gonorrhea off. or not, you better show up to work, buddy. <laughs> well, speaking of STDs, <laughs> we 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 have a very exciting podcast on the way, and we're gonna get some extra sauce on a place that is often in the news, the Villages Retirement Community in Florida. In fact, we were discussing the Villages this week because a 76-year-old woman there got a Dewey on a golf cart. And uh, we have discussed the Villages. It is often in the news. It happens to be, when it comes to STDs, the single community in America with the largest percentage of those who suffer from uh, from STDs, if, uh, oh. if you believe those news reports. So we're going to find out what senior living is like, what it's really like at the Villages from an author who went undercover to investigate the rumors of senior citizen drinking, drug use, and orgies. And, and uh, we're also going to get some extra sauce this week on a proposal in our state legislature to name an official rock song of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. That's right. Priorities. This no, should be right at the top of the list. Well, you're Natick-centric because you grew up there. And <laughs> That's so right. You're in favor of this. Absolutely. This is a great I, song. As the, as the president of the Massachusetts chapter of the Bee Gees fan club, oh. I, I have a I have an issue with oh, any boy. I have an issue with any song other than Massachusetts. <laughs> Being the official rock song of Massachusetts, maybe the Bee Gees could be. Maybe that song could be the official pop song of of Mass. But you know, there's a. How about Aaron Lewis? Like I yeah, mean, Aaron that, Lewis, that song, uh, Massachusetts. That's a great example. That's a, a beautiful great, song. Yeah, it's, it totally mentions locales here in the Commonwealth. Yeah, there's so many great songs that could be the official rock song of Massachusetts. It's 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 hard to pick. Yeah, and if you know, uh, if you want to do the Bee Gees, you better hurry up because there's just Barry left. Uh yeah, <laughs> well, well Jinx. We well just now jinxed now Barry you Gibb. jinxed Barry you Gibb. Jinxed Barry no, Gibb. you brought Barry Gibb up. <laughs> why would you do that? Why? why Sorry, why, Barry. Why would you do that? Maybe maybe they can do it executive order style like Trump does, and Charlie Baker can just oh just uh, ram it just, right through. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it's democracy. Just sign an executive <laughs> order. Uh, maybe the B- Bee Gees would be that'd be the official pop song of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. I think this proposal. For the official rock song of Massachusetts is is a pretty good one. It's 
It's actually come up before, and mm-hmm. we're going to discuss that with Representative David Linsky, who is behind this bill in uh, in just a little bit. But first, in 2008, Massachusetts author Andrew Blechman noticed that his next-door neighbors had suddenly up and left and headed off to a retirement community in Florida he had never heard of called The Villages. Blechman decided to find out why and went undercover and ended up writing a book which he called Leisureville. And he joins us now with a little extra sauce on The Villages Retirement Community in Florida. Yes. Thanks for being on. We've we've been we've been obsessed by the villages on our program for quite some time. And and uh, earlier this week, there was a news report about a woman in her seventies who uh, had uh, unfortunately been involved in a uh, in a driving while intoxicated situation. And golf cart. Uh, uh, it was not a golf cart. I, I asked the same thing. I think on the air it was it, it was it was like a Cadillac Deville or something, but. It it made me realize that it would be interesting for those of us who I'm I'm 50, but uh, you know I'm I'm getting near retirement age, I suppose, and it might be interesting for us to get a little extra sauce on the villages, which you discovered and and ended up uh, writing your your book Leisureville on after your neighbors kind of abruptly up and and moved to the villages. Is that correct? It is, in fact. In fact, I'm, I'm looking out the window across the street at the at my former neighbor's uh, house. <laughs> where was where was this? Um, where wait, wait. where do you guys? Two owners since then. What's that? Uh, I'm in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. Okay. So, uh, far other end of the state from all from all of you. I could completely understand your fascination with the villages. I was so fascinated by it that I wrote a book about it. Um, it's an unusual uh, social phenomenon. I mean, you're looking at a community. That is one and one and a half times the size of Manhattan geographically. Amazing, New York it has, City. It has one, about one hundred and ten thousand people, <laughs> and it's all gated. Yeah, and no kids. And, like and, w- and, and, no kids. Yeah, ch- children can visit, but they get guest passes that time out like international visas. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're really strict on that, right? Yeah. They don't want the kids oh. running around. That's. Yeah, kids are basically um, no joke contraband. Yeah, I mean they're basically they're basically illegal aliens in, in these communities. I mean that is the reality. When, so your neighbors they moved and that made you curious about the villages and and uh, you ended up going there. Yeah, I could not get my head around it, but they were uh, they were always showing me like all the Guinness Book of World Records uh, uh, record breakings that were always happening there, um, like the longest uh, electric slide. <laughs> <laughs> Most people, the, the longest, uh, uh, or the biggest uh, golf cart tailgate, the longest, longest golf cart parade. <clears throat> they seem to be obsessed with uh, Guinness World Book of Records. Anyway, so I decided to go down there. I had no idea what to pack. I've never been to a senior community like that, so I brought Argyle socks and a vest. <laughs> and <laughs> I sure, you know, I quickly realized that, you know, if I wanted my liver to, uh, to continue functioning, I was going to have to get out of there at some point. Well, there's a lot of partying down there. Yeah, uh, you met, you know, in the book you met Frank, who was in his seventies, mm-hmm. and uh, and he described a, a typical day to you. Yeah, and, uh, well, Frank basically likes to get stoned. Yeah, you know, and it, it was nothing quite like getting stoned with a uh, a guy in his in his mid to late seventies and doing uh, being a passenger on a golf cart as he did uh, oh, figure eights, you know, on on the lawn. 
Oh my god. Um, it's it's a little bit Orwellian the way you describe it in the book, where the villages has its own newspaper, its its own radio station, its own TV stations, and it's almost as if they they begin every day on the radio with this this kind of Orwellian prophecy about having uh, making it a great day and it's a beautiful day at the villages. It, w- was it almost like you had joined a cult? Yeah, you know, it's, it, it reminds me a lot of like uh, the Truman Show yes. or that 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 uh, that old TV show about the the prisoner on the island, you know, and he couldn't ever escape. Um, it was uh, extremely weird. In fact, everywhere you go, first of all, everyone goes everywhere on golf carts. Yeah. And we're talking vast distances. And there's even tunnels and bridges for the golf carts. Secondly, you have these uh, three town centers that were built within the last 15 years on cow fields. And they look like little cities. And they were themed, literally, by entertainment specialists to look old-fashioned. They even have, like, semi-buried uh, tram tracks to make it look like there used to be a tram. Um, you know, in Lighthouse, they have fake histories about everything. Uh, so, I mean, you're living in a, in a community that basically is themed and uh, has a false history, and there's very little reality there. Um, and, it, and the headlines come out of, uh, and they're always very, very conservative, about 99%, 90% Republican hmm. and very conservative Republican. But the headlines come out of uh, literally fake, fake stones in the, in the squares, out of light lampposts, that kind of thing. Really? Now, th- does one family still run the complex? Yeah, it's a privately owned city. No, it's really uncanny. It's, it's kind of like a, a wet dream for someone who's an extreme libertarian and conservative. Speaking of it being a wet dream, you, you run into in the book a, a 55-year-old woman, and the first thing that she says to you is how horny she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I just got in with the wrong crowd, but, I mean, I came across that a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, look— if every day, if you basically live on a protected campus, so it's basically like a college campus, but there's no classes unless you want to take some volunteer classes. <laughs> so every day is Saturday. Yeah. So, you know, w- w- you know, if you're some type of person, what are you going to do? Basically, there's a lot of, uh, lot of drinking and a lot of sex and, that's and a- golf. And that's yeah. Well, there's 30 golf courses, yeah. right? So you can play golf on a different course every day for a, for a month. Is yeah. That, yeah. Is that kind of behavior, do you think that, or did you get a, a, a sense that it was maybe encouraged? <laughs> like, Hard to say. I mean, there's certainly happy hour, and, you know, the happy hour is kind of long there because people don't have much to do. I mean, actually, they have a ton to do, but they don't have any real-life responsibilities. So you just kind of tool into town on your golf cart. In fact, there's a lot, you know, and they even make the beer mugs. They look like these big, heavy things, and they make them out of, like, light plastic so uh, older wrists can handle it. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like beer and circus. You know, oh, my God. The emperor subsidizes the beer and the early bird special so that it keeps the populace happy. And and, and the cover bands. I mean, uh, at one point you heard a great version of, of Brick House. And, I mean, these these people are in their 70s. They're drunk. They're on they're Viagra. High. Uh, they're yeah. high. They're on, And yeah. they're in their golf courts. And they're looking to have an orgy, basically. They're, they're looking to have fun. I mean, don't, I mean, don't get me you know, wrong in the sense that, I mean, there's still people who are taking poetry classes and history classes, you know, at, at a, you know, not for credit, but just kind of, I don't know, kind of like my folks do where they live, right. which is actually an integrated community. But, um, you know, they have a little clubhouse and they take, I don't know, 
they take different classes amongst each with, with each other. But I mean, you have some people who are quiet, and you have a lot of people who want to party. You know, the average age there actually is more like you know fifties. Mm. You have to be fifty-five or older to live there, but you can also have a younger spouse. You just can't have kids. No one under 19 can live there. Oh, mm. I see. So I'm going <laughs> to see, I got what four and a half years left. Right. And you, then you're 55. And, and then retirement. Right. I mean, I'm done four and a half years on this contract. I'm yeah. going to get, I'm going to head right to the, to the villages. I, these kinds of retirement utopias mm-hmm. first, first started to pop up in the U S in the fifties, really. Yeah. That's right. It was uh, it was Del. Actually, well, first first one was kind of a uh, like an idealistic kibbutz um, that you know was supposed to be you know it was called Youngtown. It was supposed to be a place for older people to go and be amongst themselves. And it was a very tiny community. It was in Arizona, what was used to be very far outside of Phoenix, and now it's part of Phoenix. And uh, <clears throat> Del Webb, who used to own the, the Yankees and was a big developer, decided to. Uh, you know, make it big, you know, make something just like it, but bigger across the street. And that's how Sun City started. I mean, at the time, you, there was no such thing as retirement. Basically, you got, you got old and then you died. Yeah. You, you work mm-hmm. until the end. And a lot of people predicted it would never work because, you know, uh, older people would be, miss their grandchildren and feel isolated and whatever. But Del Webb took a real big chance to build it and it was immediately successful. Um, interestingly, he, he got his, uh, he got he got his experience in uh, building planned communities by building uh, Japanese internment camps all <laughs> oh, through California. Yeah. Um, but you know these were anything but internment camps. But you know they were planned centralized communities. I got the feeling toward the end of Leisureville that you were you were somewhat disen, disenfranchised, or disenchanted by your experience there. Did 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 it leave you with a with a positive or a negative feeling? Well, first of all, you know, we don't take care of our elderly that well. You know, so I mean, I can see why people feel isolated. You know, it's, our communities aren't that walkable. You know, a lot of people can't even walk to get the paper or milk they have to get in their car, so it's hard to age in place. But these communities aren't even for the so-called elderly. Um, they're for people who just want to secede from society. And what I worry about is when too many people secede from society. And, and when too many people kind of self-segregate, because I find that never works well. I mean, I believe in community. I live, you know, I live in the Berkshires and, you know, in a small town here. I was even on the select board. You know, my friends are age, you know, 70s to 20s. And I believe in integration. Um, but when you self-segregate, people forget what they have in common. And a perfect example would be Sun City, actually. Uh, eventually, it was, it was surrounded by, you know, family communities as Phoenix grew. And the residents of Sun City defeated 17 school bond measures in 12 years. Mm. <clears throat> they were a powerful voting bloc. They didn't want to spend a penny in taxes for the next generations. And uh, the kids were literally going to schools in, in trailers and in three shifts, some starting at five in the morning, you know, having lunch at, you know, 10 because, uh, or, or nine or 10, because that was halfway through the day. Um, and that's kind of what happens, you know, and I don't think that ever has it, you know, self-segregation, I don't think ever really works. It's not positive, uh, for society. Well, I mean, I would have no, I would have no issue if these were for people, you know, these communities were for 75 and older, but we're talking, you know, middle-aged folks are, are going there and having, 
a ball and not paying any taxes for local schools. Well, you know, to me, I mean, it sounds like a great place. It sounds like uh, UMass Amherst mid-80s, like you said, without the classes. <laughs> Why wouldn't I want yeah. to go there? And to, so to argue with you, it's like, well, these people are going there. They're segregating themselves because they've spent all their lives working or doing whatever they did. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to they're gonna go out literally. Now they just want to have sex right, like, like rabbits. Right, they want to fornicate like rabbits. With a bang. They want to yeah. go out with a bang and, and <laughs> they don't care how old they are and they know they're going to die soon anyway. Maybe they're just embracing reality <laughs> more than, say, you know, if they stayed with their families and or in their communities. I don't know. No, I hear what you're saying. And, um, and yeah, sure, that sounds like a lot of fun. But, I mean, <laughs> yes. don't forget, I mean, these communities do not allow children. So you're looking yeah. at a city of 110,000 people, average ages in the 50s, early 60s, and no children are allowed. So, you know, not just that, but these people are seceding from society. They don't want to have anything to do, you know, uh, with, with local schools or anything. They basically just want to be left alone. What happens when, like, everyone does that? Yeah. Does the you know? I mean, I, I, it, there's a social covenant in this, uh, in this, you know, country, and you know, we're the Commonwealth. You know, we're all supposed to kind of keep an eye on each other. I can see people thinking, okay, I've worked hard, I'm done, I don't want to pay any more taxes, and if that's your, th- you know, thing, then go ahead, but. I found a lot of women who missed, who did miss their grandkids and did miss like being around all ages. I mean, it's a weird situation. Children literally are contraband. In Arizona, Youngtown, there was a kid whose parents were abusing him, so he went to go live with his grandparents. And Youngtown literally fined uh, the grandparents a hundred dollars a day, and put a sign on their lawn saying that that this family is harboring uh, a minor. It was a family oh, member. Yeah. <laughs> now, does the like, does it all shut down early? Like, is the party, has everybody had sex in Viagra and gotten high by 7 p.m. and they go to bed? Or or do they stay up late and, 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 and go well into the early morning hours? Well, it's interesting. It's because it's, it's owned privately. So basically, you know, it's literally a private city owned by a family. So And so there is almost like, I wouldn't call it a curfew, but it's almost like they roll off the carpets in the, in the city, <laughs> in, the, in the town centers at around 9 or 10. And that's it. Everything just kind of turns off. But there's, you know, there's always after parties, if, if that's your thing. And what about STDs? And, and uh, yeah, I guess it was the capital, uh, it's, STD yeah. capital of the country for at a one while. point. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, if no one's going to get pregnant, why wear a condom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I'll tell you <laughs> what, it's, it's uh, your experience there. I mean, did, did, did you have to, did you accidentally encounter any elderly people skinny dipping or, yeah, or a, any or kind of a, a, in the bushes a, a or, pool orgy or anything yeah. like that? You guys. <laughs> this is what people want to know. Is, These stories yeah. come out. These stories come out almost bi-weekly yeah, about this place, about the drunk driving or someone getting caught having sex in a car outside of one of the <laughs> the clubs there or something. So, yeah, this is what people want to know. What the heck? Well, I find, you know, even with hospice work that I've done, I find that older people are just younger people that are older. So, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, uh, so they're going to get in just the kind of trouble you put enough of them together. No, there's, there's a lot of drunk driving but it's golf carts there are even golf cart fatalities where they flip go into a tree i mean it's hard to believe but it's true yeah i was always looking for the swingers club just because i thought it'd be fun to write about but it was always just kind of whispered about i never actually found it and part of me is relieved yeah part of you yeah part of (laughs) part of us is relieved also the 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 book is called leisureville and it's about an experience that you'll never forget, your trip to the villages, and thanks for giving us a little extra sauce on the villages this week. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for your interest.
Lovers released that song, Roadrunner, in 1977. It was a modest radio hit here in Massachusetts, but it would go on to become an anthem of sorts for those massholes who love where they live. That's right. It's it's a classic. It is a classic. It's a, it's a true anthem. It's a classic. And State Representative Daniel Linsky has filed legislation to make that song live in infamy as the official rock song of the Commonwealth. And he joins us now with a little extra sauce on the bill in the Massachusetts legislature that he has proposed. Yes. Nice to hear that we uh, that this matter is back before the great and general court. The uh, I believe it was our current mayor, Marty Walsh, when he was a representative who last suggested that Roadrunner ought to be the official song of the Commonwealth. You echo that sentiment, I guess. Well, absolutely. Uh, I have the privilege of having grown up in one of the great towns in Massachusetts, Natick, Massachusetts. And I actually grew up around the corner from Jonathan Richmond, who Hmm. is one of the great rock poets of our generation. And his song, uh, Roadrunner, really captures the spirit of Massachusetts. It talks about uh, cruising Route 9 and Route 128 and the stop and shop in Natick and what it was like to be a child of Massachusetts and greater Boston in the 60s and 70s. So I have filed a bill, as I have in previous years, to make Roadrunner the official rock song of uh, Massachusetts. You know, as as a, a former resident of Natick who grew up behind that stop and shop, Rep Linsky. As did I, in the Wethersfield neighborhood. Oh, what street did you live on? I lived on Sheffield Road. No way. I lived on, uh, it was uh, Wentworth, right next to Absolutely. Wilson. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, can but you, you know, th- can you two you keep know what a special neighborhood it was? Yeah. Can you can you two keep this Natick reunion to the uh, Cablevision channel? This is a we're doing a podcast here. Now, uh, are I you understand. are you receiving support from uh, who is supporting this and who's against it uh, amongst your fellow legislators? Well, actually, when I first filed the bill, uh, those fans of Aerosmith were mm-hmm. initially opposed to it. Yeah. However, I was able to bring them over from the dark side mm-hmm. and convince them that Roadrunner was a better song. So right now, right now, there is no organized opposition. I think so, uh, I, some of my fellow Republicans may prefer the Bee Gees and the uh, song Massachusetts. They're not even American. Right, so what? It's a mass, The song is called Massachusetts. It doesn't get any more Massachusetts than a song called Massachusetts. <laughs> 
I well, hope. if you uh, if we had an official Wimp Rock song of the Commonwealth oh. of Massachusetts, <laughs> oh, 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 clearly yes. the B-team version of Massachusetts would be uh, the Friend Runner. Now, what do you have against Joan Jett? I mean, she had a version of Road Runner. I, I, I mean, I she's was, not from the Commonwealth. Okay, so sir. it's Jonathan Richmond because he's from the Commonwealth. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and, and he wrote the song, which is the most important. Thing. I think the speaker is very close with James Taylor. They're in the uh, same generation. Is uh, is there gonna <laughs> Are there going to be any issues from him on this? No, I think that everyone understands uh, that the, while uh, the pike may be snow-covered from Stockbridge to Boston, <laughs> that uh, Route 9, the Stop at Shop, and Route 128 may be uh, a much better fit for what uh, living in Massachusetts is all about. Have you heard from Jonathan Richmond at all uh, during this process? Uh, Jonathan, as you may know, is a bit of an iconoclast. Yes. Um, We've had some communication. He told me, actually, unfortunately, this is not his favorite song that he wrote. Mm. And it's really, it's a a groundswell of local support for the song. Uh, Jonathan uh, clearly marches to the beat of his own drummer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about uh, Ken Casey and the Dropkick Murphys? I mean, you're leaving, never heard of them. They, uh, you're leaving the, their song "State of Massachusetts" entirely out of this. Well, um, you know, we may want to uh, ship off to Boston, but we're going to leave that one uh, to the Boston Red Sox and bringing a pitcher in from the bullpen. All right. May, All right. may I add? Uh, Roadrunner is more of a positive view of the Commonwealth, whereas that, that's State true. of Massachusetts, that's absolutely correct. yeah, uh, maybe maybe a little dark. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you the best part of this interview is all this Natick talk has me thinking about the odor of Wonder Bread and Twinkies from the, uh, 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 yeah, from the uh, from the production plant back in the day. And you know, you know, actually, the uh, there was an episode of Family Guy yep. that actually yes. uh, brought up the fact that there was a Twinkie plant in Natick, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, that was at the uh, apocalypse. How critical that was to the storyline. Yeah. Now, when will this come up for a vote? Well, it, uh, it's before the committee on, believe it or not, state administration. Mm-hmm. And last year, that committee gave it a quick hearing and a quick positive recommendation to the floor, but I couldn't get it to the floor. So I'm expecting that once again I'll get good committee support with a positive recommendation. And what I really need your listeners and your fans to do is to contact their own state representative and their own state senator and say, please support this bill. Um, it, you know, obviously I have a lot of Jonathan Richmond fans contact me because I'm the sponsor. But if we're going to make this happen, we need to have people all over Massachusetts contact their own state rep and their own state senator and to get this onto the agenda. I'd, I'd contact mine, but it's uh, Senator Eldridge, and he may be concerned that those working at the Stop and Shop were not making enough money uh, uh, an hour. Well, we can, we can I, attach this I, to a change in the minimum wage bill, <laughs> and, then, uh, and Jamie will support uh, it. Then Jamie Eldridge will support it. Well... I'll tell you what, I have been officially appointed the czar of sauce here in the Commonwealth by the governor, so I'm thinking about lending my support to this, and in fact, the next time the governor is in the studio, as he is every month, for Breakfast with Baker, maybe we'll see if he's on board with this. I think he should be. I think that when uh, the governor was growing up in Needham, 
uh, you know, just two towns away from Natick, he understands uh, what it was like to grow up in that area. And I think he probably has been to the stop and shop. And oh, he has yeah. Cruise Route 9 at 128 in his younger days. However, there's a photo of him uh, as a young man right up front in the front row at an Aerosmith show that Aerosmith ran last year. So I don't. I'm telling you. I don't know. He may be an Aerosmith guy. He might not be a Jonathan Richmond and the Modern with, Lovers guy. With all I due think respect. It can be both. There's no reason you can't be both. You can be both. You can be fans, but with all due respect, there's not one Aerosmith song that touches Roadrunner. We're going to all the Bee Gees fans out of the equation as well. Typical, by the way, typical politician. He's basically saying you can be both. You don't have to choose. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to follow along with this. We followed along with it last time, and and, uh, it didn't get anywhere. Just like that uh, 5% uh, income tax that we all voted oh, for uh, quite some time ago. Um, so, we'll, uh, no comment? <laughs> Did we lose you, Representative? Yeah, I'm having a little trouble here. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we'll see, how this, uh, we'll see how this goes. And thanks for giving us a little extra sauce on Roadrunner as the official song of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. All right. Thank you, folks. Right. Did you ever work at the Stop and Shop in in Natick when you were growing up? No, but I I hung out out back in the alley and smoked a few cigarettes. Does that count? I thought you did that at Fun and Games. Yes, there too. (laughs) Uh, Jonathan Richmond and I had the same art teacher. Really? Yes, the late, great Lawrence Brannigan of Natick High School. And when I found out that he had Jonathan Richmond for a student, I just bothered him incessantly to the point where he said, Michael... I can't tell you anymore. Please shut up. Any relation to Laura Brannigan? Uh, I'm uh, pretty a, sure no. Who had a hit with uh, Gloria? Uh, are we uh, earmothing right now? Uh, 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 <laughs> no, we don't. Okay, we're up against. We're up against the clock. What was? So you didn't. You never worked at the stop. But what were your jobs when you were going to Natick High School? What did you do? Did you have a? Did you have part-time jobs? Yes, I worked at Orange Julius at the food court <laughs> at the Natick Mall, and you then know, I and then I transferred over to. Uh, Taking being a maintenance worker yeah. for the food court, and then I landed the, a plum job working at Charlie Chang's of California, huh. working the walk. Yeah. And then I luckily got a job at Strawberries out there in Framingham on yeah. the nine. Um, yeah, Orange Julius, by the way, underrated product. I mean, you know what I, the, I, the secret is it's, well, it was it's the powder, it's the right. dust, right? The, yeah, it's, it's the cocaine. It's, it's the, it was like a. <laughs> It was like ninety percent chemical and uh, right. and ten percent drink, but it was but it was a great. I don't I don't believe are they still in business? I don't know. It was yeah. like powdered sugar and uh, and uh, uh, corn. Uh, what do you corn call syrup? It? Corn starch? Corn, corn starch? Corn, corn cardboard? That kind what of made it it thick a little bit. Corrugated and, rubber? Right. What was the and, and puppies? <laughs> no, there were no puppies in Orange Julius. What made you get into radio though? What was uh, it? Someone told me that I could get free records and tickets. That's what, but was did you work for the did, like was there a college radio station when you went no, to you no. went to you, you went to where'd you go to I went to North Adams State College, oh, yeah. which is now Mass College of Liberal Arts. It's been rebranded. Yeah, we messed it up pretty uh, yeah, bad. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, before that, um, we just did a lot of road trips with the family up and down the East Coast and the in my dad's Dotson. Yeah. And listening to the radio, a lot of AM radio when yeah. I was younger. And uh, it just sounded like fun. Yeah, yeah. Has what about it, you? Has it been fun? Uh, I was, I, well, listen. At times, I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think you. I've told the story before of the of setting two turntables up in my garage, 
and doing a radio show every day for no one, which is similar mm-hmm. to what I do now. Yeah. Uh, is do well, a, let's I do be a sure. show. There's at least was, a dozen people I, listening. I, do a, I still do a show now where no <laughs> one's listening. I don't, and, and I enjoy it. Like, I mean, I like hearing myself talk. Oh, I, yeah. You know, you know who's a big fan of uh, of the morning show? Hmm. Me. I'm yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of I'm, I'm a big president <laughs> of the fan club and the member. Yeah, yeah. But no, see, I had the advantage of when I was going to high school at Neshoba, I had a friend who worked at the Lincoln Sudbury High School radio station, which was called WYAJ. And was so, that broadcast or was that in house? No, it was broadcast. It oh, was like nice. ten. It was like ten watts. See, that's nice. Natick High had yeah. an in-house one. Uh, it had a better right. signal uh, than uh, some commercial radio stations do. Oh, really? And it was, and it was. Um, <laughs> but I, but I went and did a show there, and so I, that's I had already I had already been doing my own show in my in my garage. And I was able to contractually uh, work out a deal to transfer to that go, to go to the to go to, to with go your dad. Right, right. Yeah, pretty much. Dad, I just need you to sign off on this. Dad, I can't do my chores this week because I have a radio show. But um, you're going to be yeah. in the garage anyway. Just clean up in there. But that's uh, that's <laughs> that's how that happened. So, all right. Well, thank you very much for listening this week to Extra Sauce, and I will remind you that you should subscribe to Extra Sauce on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. And please give us a rating. A nice one. We're always looking for kind ratings. And and uh, well, th- we may not be able to personally thank you, but um, you should know that you are thanked. You we'll sh- get uh, LB to write a card to uh, yes. each and every one of us. Yes, them. and we'll get him to throw in an autographed 8x10. There you go. And, and to ship that That's off a couple to of stars. in the mail. So... Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, that's where you can subscribe for Extra Sauce. And we'll be back next week with another episode of our podcast.